Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the hosts of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Berizaki. Welcome to Growing in Grace. I'm Joel Berizaki, and I have Mike Kapler with me. Getting together for this program, again, it's called Growing in Grace, talking about the grace of God and, and the lifetime process of growing in our knowledge and understanding of of who God is, who he's already made us to be, and kind of rejoicing and celebrating in that and and uh, discussing that on a uh, week-to-week basis here. Uh, Mike, I'm glad to have you along with me. We've been kind of talking a little bit about Ephesians, and I think we're I think we'll be starting around, you know, Ephesians 2, 11 or so this week. There's just so much good stuff about how, how God has, you know, God has created us in Christ Jesus for good works. It's, it's his work that he's doing in us. Uh, there's just so many good things we've covered here just in this short little thing. And I'm excited to, uh, to bring up the book of Ephesians again. I am too, Joel. You know, if we could just learn to even begin to get this, when I say get this, I'm talking about the gospel in general. When we really begin to get it, and I'm not saying I'm even there yet. I I feel like I know a lot more than I used to, but I I know it isn't that much. And and yet I I think if we can just begin to get our feet just a little bit wet, the Christian life becomes fun. Mm. You know, because I don't think most people think of the Christian life as a fun thing. And I think that's because of our misunderstandings of the gospel. Yeah, you know, you know, Jesus said he came to give us life, and, and a lot of people uh, look at commandments, they look at, um, they look at all kinds of rules and regulations in the Bible, and, and, and it just turns into a dull and dreary, even a hard life, uh, but Jesus didn't come to give us a hard life, he came to give us abundant life. And when, when you look at Bible verses, and when you pick up your Bible and open it up, and, and you start to read things through the eyes of grace, uh, through the eyes of, of life, uh, realizing that there was an old covenant and it had its purpose and and that a lot of what we read in the Bible is old covenant stuff and that there was a new covenant and, you know, that's what we're living, uh, the abundant life of the new covenant. When you, when you look at things, realizing that there's a difference between those two things and that the, the, the abundant life that Jesus came to give us is ours because of his his grace and simply by us believing simply through faith and indeed i think you're right i mean it becomes fun and it becomes and we i think we get more and more of a taste of that abundant life that we'll have for eternity well you've used the word life quite a bit and we've probably all heard the phrase the life of the party Hmm. now what happens on friday and saturday night that's what most people think of as oh that that's that's just that just looks like so much fun. There seems to be so much life going on over there at that place. And then they come to church on Sunday morning, and, uh, you know, most people don't think of church on Sunday morning as, as a fun time, or, or or even the word life probably doesn't even pop into their head. <laughs> Maybe in some cases they might have thought they walked into the wrong place, you know. Uh, sometimes it looks more like there's there may be a funeral going on than, than a celebration. And so, and I understand that you can't always go by what you see, but that's the perception that people have who are sort of on the outside looking in. Um, they see Friday and Saturday night with their friends as a fun time and full of life, and Sunday morning as a, dull, a time of, of, of boredom and dull. And, you know, we've got to learn how to be able to communicate this gospel so we can we can change that perception. Yeah, I want to have life. I mean, 
I, I want to have the life that, that God created for me to have. And I think, you know, both of us, you and I, Mike, and probably a lot of listeners, we, we may have lived quite a bit of our Christian lives with the understanding or, or with the thought, with the perception that, that what the Christian life was all about was just trying to get it all right, trying to, trying so hard uh, to get things right, trying to worship God right, trying to do this right and that right. And it does become a dull and a dreary thing and a hard thing. And so, uh, indeed, just getting, even if you can get just a glimpse of this gospel of the good news, I, I, you know, last, the last few times we've talked about the good news. It's good news that, that we're talking about here. Ephesians 2. Man, there's just some good stuff here, but, uh, we've been brought near. Uh, by his blood. That's kind of what the subtitle here in my uh, New King James Version says. Hey, that's weird. Mine says the same thing, and I have a New King James, too. Wow, and mine's <laughs> on the computer, though. <laughs> hey, so, I, I suppose I'm kind of a new believer, yes. and, and I'm, I'm trying to learn some of this stuff. I'm trying to grow in, in my faith and in, in, in grace, and you're going to start talking about uncircumcised, and circumcision, and uncircumcision, and you're gonna have to you're gonna have to help me out here because I, I don't know what that means. Well, you're the theologian, so I'll rely on you for that. But I'll <laughs> I'll just read it and you can explain it. <laughs> now we'll try the uh, kiss method. Keep it simple, silly. Uh, we'll 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 try not to get too uh, too deep because I know that <laughs> you and I we could get deep, but it's so much more fun when we. When we're just surfacey. No, I'm just kidding. But when we can, when we can talk about things in layman's terms, we'll, we'll try to do that. I know there's a young lady out there somewhere who's heard of circumcision and uncircumcision, but how does it relate to her? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, that's a deep subject. But, uh, okay, so we'll try to keep this simple. Well, let's just read. It says, therefore, remember that you once Gentiles, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called the uncircumcision, by what is called the circumcision. And what's a good way to explain that? You know, the uncircumcision, circumcision, and I'll try not to get too, uh, too deep here, but the, the, when Abraham was called by God, uh, was set aside by God, uh, the, what he told Abraham to do was to be circumcised. And that was going to be the mark. That was going to be the thing that set, that showed that God's people were set aside. It was that they had been circumcised. All males had to be circumcised. The uncircumcision were basically everyone that was left out of this, uh, of this family, of, of uh, what would become Israel. And so Gentiles, we were once Gentiles, it says here, in the flesh. We were called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision. At one time, it says here, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Brought near by the blood. That's a key phrase. Brought near by the blood. You know, once we were far off, not included. We had no chance of being included in this family. There was just there was just no way. Uh, of course, the Bible talks about sin having separated us from God. It started with Adam. Adam opened up the uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and sin spread to all mankind because of that. And and Christ, what Christ did was he fulfilled the law, which is you know the knowledge of good and evil is basically what the law is. Christ came and he fulfilled that, and by the shedding of his blood, the sacrifice of his blood, we've 
we who once had no chance of being part of this family, we've been brought near because of his blood. That's good stuff. Joel, as we move on to the next verse or two, uh, a word that we hear a lot of uh, in both Christian and non-Christian circles today, and, and for many years, is the word peace. It's really what people long for. The reason a lot of people struggle with so much of the things that they struggle with is because they just haven't learned how to receive peace in their life, or they haven't experienced it for themselves yet. And there's no better way to get peace than directly through Jesus Christ himself. Because verse 14 of Ephesians chapter 2 says, For he himself is our peace. You know, uh, I believe it was Paul back in Romans that said, um, now, that you've, now that we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Justified by faith. Righteousness as a gift because of what he has already done. Now we have peace with God because of that. That brings peace knowing that um, the responsibility for our righteousness is upon him and not us. He himself is our peace and has broken down, uh, and uh, excuse me, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. And it, it goes on, but interesting stuff here, Joel, that Christ is our peace, and he broke down the middle wall of separation that, that, that got in the way between God and man. And that was the law, the commandments. That was the enmity between God and man. Yeah, the, the thing that was, uh, that was preventing peace between God and man was the law. Was, was, and because what the law did was all that, all that the law did was it revealed our sin. I mean, there's nothing that, that we can do about it. If if we measure our lives up against the law, uh, oh, we might find ourselves doing this right or that right or, or something right that's in the law. But the Bible does say that if if you stumble in one area of the law, you've broken it all. And so ultimately, the law is going to declare you guilty. And so in God's eyes, if you're measuring yourself up to His law, then His purpose in giving the law has been fulfilled because it pronounces us guilty. We have no peace with God, and we have enmity uh, with God because of, the, like like it says here, uh, because of the law of commandments. But Jesus Christ, he, he himself has become our peace. And it's not even a peace that you have to strive for or try to find. You may find yourself in life wondering where the peace is at, but it's not something that you can really look for. It's it's something that you already have. He is he is our peace, and I think sometimes we're trying so hard to look for something. Mike, you've shared several times that sometimes we we live this Christian life asking God to give us things that He's already given us, and peace is one of those things. He's given us Himself as our peace. There's nothing we can do to find peace because it's a gift of God. It's it's actually the person of Jesus Christ. He's our peace. You know, Joel, back when uh, the angel came down, we hear this story a lot at Christmas time. Uh, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. We hear that kind of stuff, especially around Christmas time when the Christmas story is being told. And we often relate that to no more war on the earth, uh, men, people getting along with each other around the world. But really what was taking place there was an announcement, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. That is uh, not necessarily, even though it's, it's a good thing to, to have, uh, you know, good intentions toward one another, 
what was really being announced there, though, was that God was announcing his, he was extending his goodwill toward man. Mm-hmm. He was announcing peace between God and man. He was initiating that. And that's, that's again, some of the great news that we have in the gospel. Yeah, I just want to just reemphasize that in that, in that, uh, I mean, because I've been alive for, for many, many Christmases, and I think that every single one that I can remember, I've heard, uh, I've heard songs like that. You hear that preached, uh, peace, uh, peace with, uh, and really it comes across as peace and goodwill, uh, from one man to another. But just, just to repeat what you're saying, just to emphasize that, is that the peace that is, that is talking, that is, that's being talked about in the gospel message, in, in, in the, in Luke, uh, and in wherever you hear the Christmas story, it is God's good will toward man, God presenting his peace to us. And it's and it's a gift. It's a gift of grace. Not too much long here on uh, this show left. And so we'll wrap things up uh, talking about Ephesians 2 on our program Growing in Grace. I'm Joel Brzezinski along with Mike Kapler. And we sure do appreciate you coming along with us. Uh, any uh any thoughts just to, uh, to end up here as we will probably move on into some towards the end of uh, Ephesians 2 in the next uh, upcoming show? Joel, from now on, instead of saying amen, I'm going to say woo-hoo, just to be less religious. <laughs> All right. That's right. That's, we're, we're, we're not down with the religious stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> woo-hoo. <laughs> woo-hoo and yee-haw. And so we thank you for joining us. I'm Joel Brzezinski, Mike Kapler. More talk about Growing in Grace next time. You've been listening to Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ.